You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for May 23rd, 2021, the day of Pentecost. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Peter Walsh. It's based on Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. Good morning again, and how fun again for me to see you and see some of you uh, uh, from my perch here at the parish. So I am a, I'm a big fan of big wave surfing. <clears throat> I even like to watch the surfers in waiting who are uh, back uh, behind the break, uh, sitting on their boards with their legs dangling over the edge in the undulations of the sea. And if you look at uh, these men and women on their boards, some of them are looking attentively at the break in front of them, and some of them seem as though they have reached deep communion with the water and the wave, and they just sort of seem to be chilling on their boards. And then there seem to be others who are struggling and struggling and kind of swimming against, swimming against the tide. And uh, when there is a, a, a breeze coming in and when the tide is coming in, there is uh, this drift that happens imperceptibly as those on their boards move more and more toward the break and uh, when their time comes and they they find themselves at the at the crest of the breaking wave they are really sitting upon a fluid moving mountain of energetic water that is about to collapse and crash and if these people are on their on their game they get on their board and if they are lucky they they plunge down and they drop in to the, to the face of the wave and as the board catches the face of the wave and if they don't spill off the board they go and they get shot right with the wave and when it, when it all happens perfectly it looks like about the most fun thing you could do in the world with this graceful powerful movement captured as they, as they fly around the wave and then as they catch this power, things begin to happen behind them. And that is exactly how I think of the Pentecost event. It is like supernatural big wave surfing that empowers these people with an energy that things begin to happen. Okay, a wonderful reading of the Acts piece that we just had as we followed along on all the different languages. Now let's set the scene. So uh, the resurrected Jesus uh, has, has met with his disciples and he says to them, do not leave Jerusalem, right? This is in Luke's gospel. Do not leave Jerusalem and you will receive the Holy Spirit. And he tells them they're going to be witnesses to this event, to Jesus, to the ends of the world, right? And so when we tune in, the apostles are doing what they are told, right? They are gathered in the upper room where they are staying. And we're also told who was there. It says the apostles. Now there's 11 of them, right, uh, uh, to start. And then from Judas, they add Matthias. So they're back up to 12 apostles. And then they have, next is named the women. Now in Luke's gospel, as you know, the women were a force and a power in Jesus's ministry. And they, in some sense, cared and cared for Jesus and cared for everybody and moved through as powerful disciples of Jesus uh, as he came down from Galilee. Also in the upper room is Jesus's mother. And then 
the line I really love is his brothers are there. So the brothers don't get a lot of press in the scriptures, uh, but now they're showing up after the resurrection, right? So the brothers are showing up. And it says that while they are in the upper room, they are constantly in prayer. So metaphorically speaking, I see the prayer that they are in being like those on their boards in the sea in the back of the break. Now, how might this be? So the Holy Spirit, which we celebrate today, the Holy Spirit is the being of God, right? The, the being of God, which supports human beings on the high seas of life. And I don't know anybody who's not living on the high seas of life. And prayer, when we say we pray, prayer is being attentive to the being of God. And when we pray, we are like those, those surfers in waiting on the sea with our, our, our legs dangling off our prayer mats. In other words, our, our consciousness dangling in the seas of the spirit. You know, we're, 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 we're trying to dangle ourselves and submerge ourselves in that spirit. And when we pray, at times, we are very focused, right? We, all, we can all remember at least one or two times. We're very focused in our prayer, and we are experiencing some of the undulations of the Spirit. Uh, but once in a while, and sometimes, in what we might call meditation or contemplation, we fall into deep communion with the Spirit. And other times, it seems as though everything we're doing is just swimming against the tide. It's just so brutal to be seated there in prayer and whatever you're doing it's against the tide and other times you know we we sit in our prayers and it's as though nothing is happening and i mean like nothing we are just wasting time with god right nothing is happening now the way the spirit works is like that unseen tide that we cannot see for the big wave surfers it's all underneath and the unseen tide moves in imperceptible waves and every once in a while during our our prayer time we experience a movement of the spirit as though the holy spirit has just arrived and it wasn't there before right it sort of it sort of suddenly breaks in and catches us and in some sense we're like those surfers where we drop into the face of grace we drop in to the movement of the spirit and when that happens, we feel our hearts strangely warmed. We feel, we feel that God is real, right? We feel God is real. And we feel outrageously enlivened and energized and feel quickened by love. Quickened by love for love. And not only quickened by love, but there's a kind of pace of haste to be instruments of God's grace, right? We, we, we have a great desire as this reality of this flowing power becomes alive in our lives, and man, oh, Manischewitz, we want to do something about it. Now, for those who were gathered in the upper room, what happened in that room was a spiritual tsunami, right? This was not just a wave. This was not Hawaii. This was a tsunami, and it was a theophany. Theophany means manifestation of God, and God is manifested, right? It says, uh, suddenly in the room, they are engulfed in the sound of a violent wind. It's a violent wind, but there's no wind, right? We all got that? There's no wind blowing in the room. It just sounds like a violent wind. And they are completely inflamed in the spirit, right? They are, they are spiritually lit on fire, 
and they experience what it says here, a tongue of fire. You know, the top of the candle? The tongue of fire, a spiritual thing, begins to burn above them and ignite them. Now, how many of us, when we were kids, and perhaps even now, sometimes like to go to the ocean and stand in front of the wave, and remember, you, see, you can still see little kids doing it, like they hold up their hand like they're going to stop the wave, and the wave just comes and just like mauls them and crushes them, and they roll in the wave. Well, just as human beings cannot stop a natural wave, there is no way for these people who are in the upper room to stop this spiritual wave that has poured in, right? They can't defy or refuse or abstain or refrain from what happens because the power of it simply is like that big wave and they are whooshed. They are shot out into the streets of Jerusalem, right? And the tongues of fire become speaking in tongues and the Galileans begin to speak in languages that they know not, right? And, and just as in a big wave surfing event, you watch the surfer as uh, as they move through the wave, behind them there is this thunderous crash of chaos. And that's exactly what happens when the, when the, the folks in the upper room land in the streets. Chaos breaks out. It massively disrupts the liturgy of the Pentecost. Now, the Pentecost that they are there to celebrate is not our Pentecost, right? Penta. 50 or 5 in the, from the Greek root, Pentecost, the 50 days after the Passover, the 50 days is a harvest festival. This is the Hebraic, the Hebrew Thanksgiving, and they've all come to Jerusalem for Thanksgiving, right? And that's why everybody's in town. That's why we got the Parthenons and the Medes and the Elamites and those from Mesopotamia and those of Rome, the Arabs, you know, Pontus and that list that we just went through is to say everybody was there and the Holy Spirit waited for everybody to get to town before the tsunami arrives, right? So now today, as we celebrate this spirit, you can take a look, those of you are in the building, uh, at the upper right corner of the Reredos, where you will see God the Holy Spirit celebrated in a section called God the Sanctifier. And there you see the, the uh, dove enlightened with God to represent the Holy Spirit. And there you see uh, in that wooden panel the Pentecost event, the day of Pentecost, and the tongues of fire burning above the heads of the disciples. And you also will see around that arrayed uh, the movements and the works of the Holy Spirit. There there are the seven sacraments, the ecumenical movement, the United Nation, and the mission of peace to all countries, civic responsibility, concern for those who are in prison, and the equality of all in humanity, all symbolized there. Now that Holy Spirit in the scriptures uh, is called so many, so, by so many different names, sanctifier and sustainer and energizer, comforter, counselor, spirit of truth, teacher, helper, strengthener, intercessor. And the list goes on and on and on because the Holy Spirit is to us what we need, right? In the Spirit, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit delivers to us what we need in the moment. Now recently I have had the tremendous honor and privilege to sit with some people in the parish and to enter deeply into their life stories, to listen to what they have 
to say. And it is both uh, stirring, right, and stilling to listen to somebody tell you the unvarnished truth about how they're doing, about what their life is like. And it is incredible what I have heard, and I wish you could all hear it. I mean, you've heard of unbelievable blessings, unbelievable blessings, incredible grateful thanksgivings, grace upon grace. But I've also heard of changes and challenges and difficulties, of deep sorrows and great worries that are mixed with swells of joy. I've heard about, I've heard about health and children and jobs, about the state of our country, the state of the world. I've heard about life fully lived, and I've heard about death. Friends, loved ones dying, and in fact, the people I'm speaking to dying a day or two later. And this lesson, I mean, this listening has made a tremendous impression upon me, and I wish I could give it to you. Because if you could hear what I've heard, what you would hear is the absolute beauty of the whole thing. The whole thing, not just any one part, but not just the good, but the whole thing. And that the bonds of our common humanity are so intense. If we will just let ourselves be human beings together, we would be boom, bonded. The whole world, boom, bonded together. Because we are all the same and we are all blessed and we are all struggling. There is not a one that is not blessed and not a one that is not struggling. And in addition, in the listening, God, the Holy Spirit, becomes very, very real. You can hear it. You can hear the Spirit. You can feel that there is a buoyancy in people's lives, just as the, the ocean and the board hold those surfers up as they bob up and down. There is a buoyancy that in spite of all of it, people don't sink. They keep going. And the Spirit supports them in their lives, sustains and energizes and, and consoles tattered souls. And, as Paul tells us in that letter to the Romans, you sense, if you get quiet enough, that the Spirit is breathing in people's lives with sighs and groans that are too deep for words. Because as much as people might share their unvarnished story, there's still things that can't be said because there isn't a word for them. There is not a word for the stuff that is deepest in us. And in these conversations, I have also heard over and over and over about the blessing that this parish community is to people. That that Holy Spirit is made real through the people gathered and dispersed in the life of the parish. Over and over I've heard that people have been inspired and sustained and strengthened when their friends from the church or people they don't even know from the church or flowers or something showed up in their life. The stream came at the right time and the word was delivered. And this word delivered not in New Canaan or not heard in New Canaan, but delivered in New Canaan and heard in far, far away places. For the spirit is not bound by time or by place. 
And I have heard and seen over and over that the Holy Spirit which we celebrate is real, real. A couple came to see me and my wife Jennifer, who we knew in Arizona. We hadn't seen him in 12 years, and they were in the neighborhood. And we were catching up. And then, sort of in normal conversation, Pete, the other one of the men, said to me, I just want you to know that the stuff you talk about is real. He said that he had found himself in a health crisis where he had to shut his eyes for seven straight days and couldn't move and wasn't allowed to listen. So for seven days, he was locked in darkness inside himself. And he said that he experienced the spiritual world and he said, it's all true. It's all true. And he said that the only reason he was able to survive bits and parts and pieces of things that came at him was he said the Lord's Prayer maybe 10,000 times in a seven-day period. He did not know night or day. He was just in the darkness of the spiritual world. And he said, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, it's there, right? The Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is real. And it provides the energy for this parish community, far flung as it is. It is the energy. Without that spirit, we are, there's nothing, right? You're not gathered here, you're not watching on the stream, there's nothing. It is the spirit that provides the energy. And what we are doing is we are surfers on that spirit, you know, adjusting, moving, changing in our lives to ride the spirit to be instruments of God's grace. And it really is happening. The spirit is alive and this parish community is alive. And today we're about to celebrate the coming of, of new members to our parish, 35 people who've come to us during the pandemic, many of whom have never even been in the building. They haven't been in the building yet, right? The spirit keeps rolling. And on this celebratory day, we say thanks be to God. Find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org.